fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program. Reason, common sense, rationale, normalcy. Although, what is normalcy today? We're in the new norm, are we not? After COVID-19, we're in the new norm. We're not in that old school normalcy where people were racist and Nazis and fascists. We are post that. We are in the new norm in society. What's up? Welcome into the program. It's a midweek celebration. Wednesday, the greatest day of the entire week. Let's carpe diem all over this place, baby. It's the way we roll here on this show, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, plus TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen. We always love you to death. A big show today, Mark Mix, National Right to Work Committee. We've had him on many times before. Good to have him back on today as we are in the midst of hearings in the Senate in Washington, D.C. regarding a new labor secretary. Oh, yes, the Biden administration. Choosing a new Labor Secretary, Julie Sue. What is she all about? And will she be friendly to the non-forceful, the people that are open to different ideas, the people that are different to open to different uh, concepts, except for unless you just get on board with them. They're the ones that like the forced unionization across the nation in the private sector. And we'll talk about that and more with Mark Mix coming up at the bottom. It is a strange world, is it not? It's either my way or the highway, which is the most of the agenda from the Democrats, whether it's the unionization, you have to join a union in order to work, which I've told you that story. I tried to get a job when I was in college and I applied for UPS. This was when I was in Ohio at Bowling Green State University, the Falcons, baby, the deliciously gross orange and brown colors of Bowling Green State University. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Anyways, I was working, trying to or trying to find a job while I was in college, applying for jobs. I applied for UPS, and they told me that it was mandatory that I had to join the union. And that's the point of the interview where I stood up and walked out and said, I'm not going to pay my dues or my hard-earned money that I'm already not making a whole lot to an organization that doesn't even represent what the hell I want to do anyway. So to hell with you, and I'm going off on my own. Very uh, controversial topic. We'll touch on that a little bit later uh, on. But regardless of whether it's the union issue or the education issue or the gun issue or even the wokeness issue that we're seeing right now, it's either my way or the highway, according to the Democrats. You have to get on board. You have to support these issues because if there's a gun issue, then obviously the gun is the problem. If there's a criminal issue, then obviously the criminal is a victim of society. If there is an attack on someone, a hate speech issue or a hate attack or some kind of hate crime, then obviously it's a white individual attacking someone of minority descent. You have to get on. And if you question these narratives, then how dare you? You are feeding into the misinformation and the worst person on the face of the earth. It kind of reminds me, especially let's take the woke issue for a second, shall we? Uh, it kind of reminds me of my little, my daughter, she's about ready to turn nine, holy cow, but uh, actually in two weeks she's about ready to turn nine, but nonetheless, when she was little, maybe one, one and a half-ish, she got a new stuffed animal, I'll never forget this. I picked her, I got home from work, I went to see her. And she had a brand new lamb. Uh, she called it Lammy. She had her la- a brand new lamb stuffed animal. She was so excited to show it to me. 
I picked her up, gave her a hug and a kiss, and while I'm holding her, she, Luke, Luke, she's starting to learn how to talk, Luke, Luke, and she grabs it and she shoves it in my face and up my nose because she wants to make sure that I'm paying attention to this and wants to see her new Lammy. And I'm like, all right, I, I see it. And I'm ex- she's so excited. She has to shove it in the face, up the nose, kind of like in the wedding pictures where you like see the guys you know, shoving the cake up the wife's nose. That's how forceful the progressives are wanting to make sure that you see their agenda, that you want to make sure that, you, that you're aware of their presence, that you're aware of what they're doing. Anybody watch the, uh, the TV show Black Mirror? I believe it's on Netflix. I haven't seen too many episodes. I'd, I've watched maybe three or four episodes in total. But back in 2001, their very, or 2011, their very first uh, season of this, uh, I want to say episode two or three, there's an episode called uh, 15 Million Merits. And if you don't remember this one, it was a room or it was a massive building, a corporate building where everybody, their entire life, they woke up and they would get on a treadmill or a, or a bicycle and they would run or bicycle in these like a gym constantly and what apparently like powers the electricity for the city or whatever they do. But in front of them constantly was a TV screen to the point to where you have to pay attention to the TV screen or else. And if you even close your eyes to go to sleep or rest, they will stop the, pre- the the production of the TV. They will sound an alarm for you to wake up and open your eyes, and then they will continue on with the production of the TV broadcast of whatever it is or whatever promo that they're running because you cannot turn away from this production or else they will stop it. They will sound the alarm. They will get your attention, and they will continue on to make sure that you saw the production of whatever they were trying to broadcast to you. Absolute brainwashing and the forcefulness of what we're seeing from that. That's the world that we live in now, especially with the wokeness, with it infiltrating every industry, corporations pretending to be woke to support the transgender community or to support certain groups or whatever. Uh, But they're going so far to the left that now even the ones that were the original Trans individuals, Caitlyn Jenner, for example, they're not radical enough because Caitlyn Jenner's come out for the sports issue, for example, on the athletics and said, well, maybe we shouldn't have dudes performing with women in sports because I was an athlete back in the day and I wouldn't want to compete against women because that's unfair. So even they're now shutting out Caitlyn Jenner because they're so radical on this front. The forcefulness, making sure you pay attention to them. Mama, ma, ma. Ma! Oh, yeah, we're going there. Ma! Oh, we're doing it. Mom! Mom! <laughs> Mom! Mom! Mommy! Mommy! Mama! 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 What? Hi. <laughs> I'm sure I just triggered every mother out there right now because I hear that day in and day out. But that's the level of forcefulness we're seeing from the woke mob right now and the progressives because this is all they have. The question is why? Why are they going down this road so forceful? They're going down the road so forceful is because they don't have anything else to fight for. And while we live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth, and we have many issues in this country, obviously economically with the debt ceiling issue we've been talking about and everything else, the immigration issue, why everybody in the world wants to come here, there's a reason for that is because we're awesome. And while it's taken us time to work on certain issues, to get rid of slavery, to work on the civil rights movement, to work on equality across the nation, there's a reason Why the young generation always wants to be the new ones to change the world. And they've run out of things to fight for. And in a world right now where we are trying to find a purpose in life, 
the young generation especially, trying to find value in life, what they're here for, what their purpose is to be here, because we have to find value in ourselves or else that's when we see the opioid crisis and mental health issues and depression and anxiety because we don't have a worth. And that's not a problem when a nation's building because we're creating, we're building something, we're keeping ourselves busy, we're doing productive things. We don't have as much of that opportunity anymore, muchly thanks to the progressive and the left side of the aisle. Because they've taken away that opportunity because everybody needs to be fair. You can't actually just uh, go out and start a business without the government giving you the permission to do so. You can't continue on businesses that your family has built because a lot of them have been shut down thanks to government regulation or because of recessions or the economy or whatever issue is out there. Or the family's made it so well that now they're trying to give the, the children a perfect life and the perfect life is making them feel completely purposeless in society so they go down these crazy roads so they have to feel special they have to feel unique they have to feel some type of worth and this is right now the way the cool sexy hip retro way now to gain popularity and to gain attention which is to be woke and with a younger generation coming up and more of them feeling that way the corporations the businesses, not to be like evil corporations, but the businesses themselves are trying to piggyback on that because that's the way they see their profits moving forward into the future. When obviously that's not the case. We saw how Bud Light's been doing it. In fact, just looking at the stock market today, according to Yahoo Finance, at the end of trading for a Wednesday today, Bud Light Company of Anheuser-Busch is down 7.6% as a total for the entire company. That's with Anheuser. That's with the Bush beer. That's with Budweiser. That's with Bud Light. That's with every type of product that they have. The entire company is down almost 8% uh, with their uh, company reported earnings that was on May 4th as the Dylan Mulvaney controversy continues, according to Yahoo Finance. They say as of the week of May 6th, they declined 23.4% for Bud Light sales, another 24% for the week of April 29th, following the initial boycott where they were down near 7% for the week that ended on April 8th when the first campaign began for the company of Bud Light. They're tanking. The entire company's down 8%, and Bud Light sales are down about 24-25% right now since the beginning of this campaign, and yet they continue to trailblaze on. And not just Bud Light, but we see other companies now as well. As we see uh, Sports Illustrated, obviously, with the trans individual making the cover of Sports Illustrated. Now we have the Pride Swimwear from Adidas, where now they're getting backlash as well with a trans individual posing in the Pride Swimwear that Adidas has come out with for their summertime line of swimsuits for individuals as well. Every news article, if you read any news article or any story at all now about pregnancy centers or women giving birth, they say pregnant people. They don't say pregnant women. I noticed that reading a story a couple of days ago. And it's the little things to where they've changed the dialogue. They've changed the lingo. They've changed the conversation. And even with the blatant failure of that campaign with Bud Light, not understanding their demographic, not understanding the mindset of the general population, but just pushing on with this woke mindset and with this weird campaign and forcing it in your face, as we've seen over and over in numerous different industries. The question is why? But the bigger red flag here is now we no longer as the consumer in a free market, lazy, fair capitalist society, we no longer have control of the consumer market, the private sector, 
and the products that are actually available to us. We're, we no longer have that control. As you know, in a normalcy type of free market, laissez-faire, private market economy, that we decide what the businesses do. If we don't like what they're doing with the way they produce stuff, with dumping toxins into water, if we don't like their media campaigns, if we don't like their marketing schemes, if we don't like the quality of their product, if we don't like the price of their product, if we don't like just whatever, we don't buy the product, their sales go down, and all of a sudden they change. Or they go out of business. Simple as that. That market is no longer here. The quasi-socialist economy of the United States is officially here, and it's glaring its ugly face. How? Because now we can't just not buy the product and have them change. Oh, no. Now it's completely out of our hands. They continue on with the campaigns even when the sales are down, even when the publicity is negative, even when they start to fault and fail uh, across the board with the consumer. They don't care what the uh, what the structure is now is they go to the federal government and they say, hey, we need a bailout. Hey, we need a loan. Which begs the question, how do they get the loan? How do they get the bailout? Oh, that's right. The ESG movement. The federal government's AI, the federal government's way of saying, if you're going to work with us and we continue to give you perks and we continue to give you uh, nice special grants and we continue to give you nice uh, nice uh, tax rebates or, or tax benefits or property and land like we saw with Disney, we're going to continue to give you that. But you kind of need to go along with the agenda here. So they come out with the campaigns. They push the agenda. They push the wokeness. They shove it in your face just like that stuffed animal up the nose. And you as the consumer, you have to deal with it. And you still have to figure out whether to buy their products or not. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Kind of went down a rabbit hole there in that last segment a little bit, didn't we? There's a lot to get to. A lot of uh, of the layers of the onion to unveil with this conversation, the wokeness, the shoving it in your face, trying to make you aware of it until you have to respond. And again, I know from the left side of the aisle, just this conversation itself is going to be anti-trans, anti-wokeness, and that's not the case in any way, shape, or form. If people actually paid attention and actually listened at all, it's not some quote-unquote hate speech radio, but in fact... It's just the fact that uh, I don't care. We, we don't care about your lifestyle. That does not make you special at all. We don't care anymore. What was that? Hold on. I can't, can't quite hear. Hold on. We don't care anymore. Didn't quite get that. What's that? We don't care anymore. One more time. I didn't quite get that one. <laughs> it makes no difference to us in any way, shape, or form. So the, the movements are annoying, and while some of us may disagree with it on a religious or a personal or a morality belief in some way, shape, or form, cool, we have the right to believe that, and that's not limited, that's not uh, uh, narrow-minded, that's not bigoted, that's not hateful. We just don't care. There's a difference between not caring because we want to live our life our own way and then going out and being anti, well, you're evil because. Now, if someone's going out and saying you're evil because – then I disagree with that, too, because, again, I just don't care. But it doesn't mean shoved in our face the entire time. Uh, and I, I've used this reference as well. There was a BBC documentary a couple of years ago where someone felt that they were uh, inanimate objects in their apartment. 
and they would stand in their apartment with lampshades on their head. They would kneel down to be like a footrest for their roommate. They would live their life as if they were these inanimate and truly felt that they were like these inanimate objects. And I say all the power to you. If that's the way you want to be in your own room, in your own house, live your life, man. Now, again, don't come outside and expect me to uh, refer to you as Mr. Chair. It's not going to happen because it's not reality. And that's where the line is drawn here based on feeling and reality. And we all know this. We don't need to go down that road again. However, when they shove it in our face as much as they are with every different industry, uh, wokeness that they want you to accept, they want you to recognize, they want to feel unique and special and important in some way, shape, or form. It's like that kid that when you just have to ignore it once in a while until they finally get bored and they walk away, which I don't know if it's going to work or not because there is a lot of response and obviously we're talking about this issue right now, but that's the only way to do it. As for the businesses, the only way we can get around this stuff is to not buy the product and do our part in that. Also to advocate for our state governments to not be investing in these ESG wokeness corporations uh, for the state government funds when they try to invest in certain things. But also there are states that are beginning to push back. And I have to admit, states kind of caused it this problem. Andy, how'd that work? Here's how they caused the problem is that states have given up their concept of federalism, and when they try to entice businesses to come to their states to settle their corporate headquarters, to create new jobs, to create new manufacturing, they give businesses tax breaks, they give uh, different businesses perks, and that's what every state does to try to entice new business into their area. Now, they're in bed with the corporation, and the corporation is in bed with the government. And there is no free market capitalist laissez-faire society any longer where the consumer gets to choose whether the business is going to be successful or not. That's not the case any longer because now they're tied with the quasi-socialist, quasi-centralized economic policy that is using the federal government. But now states are trying to push back a little bit by passing these things called the Women's Bill of Rights. Kansas has been the first one here in the nation to do so, where I'm hailing from. Other states, Oklahoma, other state, uh, Nebraska, I believe, other states are trying to work on this as well, which is a national movement with the Women's Bill of Rights.com trying to push for the definition of biological men and women to define them. So that way, in public places, bathrooms, sporting events, um, rape, uh, uh, women's shelters for rape victims that you actually have the definition of a man or woman to make sure one or the other can't go into where they're not supposed to be. And that's the level of rulings and judicial laws we have to have now because that's kind of pathetic for a society. Reason meets radio. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. I understand that from the other side of the aisle, that unless you embrace the wokeness, remember, and South Park did an amazing job at this with one of their episodes about Caitlyn Jenner. That unless you say that they are the most courageous, heroic people on the face of the earth, then in, unless you're on board to that level of excitement, then you're anti. Even if you just don't care, again, we just don't care. Um, you have to be on board as that they're the most courageous heroes in the world that we've ever seen in our entire life or else 
you are a horrible human being for not accepting and recognizing that in some ways. So uh, that's what we're up against. And again, we just don't care. And because we're indifferent or just don't care, then that means we are anti, according to the woke mobster left, as they try to brainwash us with the propaganda and the agenda forced down our throats left and right. Now we have Sports Illustrated, which... Again, I, I'm thinking they had their same marketing PR people as Bud Light right now. I think they had the same marketing person and their marketing director because when Bud Light's still going down, in fact, now they're just handing out free beer. If you buy a case of Bud Light for $19.98, you can get a $20 rebate, meaning essentially a buy one, get one free. Right now. They're handing out free beer because they are down 24 25% in sales for Bud Light alone. The company as a whole that has... Uh, Bud Light and Budweiser and Bush and Bush Light and so many other uh, great beers that I enjoy. I love my Bush beer, but I'm not going to purchase it any longer right now. Actually, I'm kind of a yingling guy now just to throw them out. Uh, they just started being sold here in Kansas, and I am so happy about that one. But, uh, yeah, their sales continue to go down, and the company as a whole is down near 8%, and they're starting to panic a little bit. That should be an indicator that you're pandering to the wrong crowd right now, but yet Sports Illustrated gone down that road, again, not quite understanding what your demographic is, majoritively men who wants to look at attractive women in swimsuits, <laughs> that's the normal door. I wonder if there's going to be any more purchases of those. And then you have the Adidas now with the Pride swimwear coming out being um, um, displayed with trans individuals. Uh, again, if that's the direction you want to go, it's that forcefulness shoving it in your face, and most people, when they get things shoved in their face on either side of the aisle, they tend to regress a little bit and push back a little bit uh, on that one. So it's just a word of wisdom. But who am I to say? Because I'm just anti, right? I'm just evil. The evil, horrible hate monger that is on the radio. Let's get into what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? On some other issues. Obviously, we have the debt ceiling that we've been focusing a lot on on the program here. But there's another issue going on in D.C. that we have not talked much about. But there is an ongoing hearing to uh, change the labor secretary in Washington, D.C. And as usual, you can only imagine on the Biden's nomination for this uh, labor secretary and what their agenda could be if they end up getting into this role. To talk about some more of that and a heck of a lot more, really happy to have this guy back on the program. We love it every time he's able to join uh, with the National Right to Work Committee in Washington, D.C., Mr. Mark Mix. Mark, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing great, Andy, and you are the voice of reason. So, yeah, who are you? You're the voice of reason. I appreciate uh, what you do, and glad to talk to you about the Labor Secretary here in Washington, D.C. This is another Biden nomination and another stone in that foundation that he's trying to build that, that he claims to be the most pro-union president in American history. And this nomination of Julie Sue, who comes out of California and currently serves as a deputy secretary of labor here in D.C., trying to get her to the top of the of the heap at the Department of Labor is something that hopefully people pay attention to because it's got implications to workers all across the country. Yeah, there's a lot of implications to this one across the board. First off, talk about Julie Sue coming from California and what is kind of her background and her, her building. Obviously, I, I always get mad with these different secretaries in D.C. because the vast majority of them don't actually have any qualifications or even background in the industry that they're heading up. For example, Pete Buttigieg has never run a transportation department, yet he's the Secretary of Transportation uh, for the federal government running it for the entire nation. So is she even qualified for this position? Let's put it that way first. Well, first of all, Pete Buttigieg did ride a train when he was going to college. So just give me a <laughs> There is that. Okay. There is so that. in this case, Julie Sue is, is 
eminently qualified because she had worked under Gavin Newsom and under Jerry Brown in California in their labor department. So yeah, I don't question her qualifications. What we need to question is her motivation and her actions and the experience of what happened in California when she was in charge of the labor department out there. I mean, it's a really interesting story because one of the one of the things that Biden says is her greatest qualification is, first of all, that she's a an Asian African or excuse me, Asian Pacific uh, gander. And and because of that, and she's a good person that she can be the secretary of labor. But let's take a look at her record because she does have one when it comes to this issue. And so when we go back and look at what happened in California, what Biden and Julie Sue are saying is that California should be the model for American labor policy as opposed to a warning. And most of us who follow labor law and follow California politics in general know that California is no model, but it is a warning. And her record there is one of really interesting kind of thumb on the scale for organized labor. And that's not a surprise to you, Andy, I'm sure. No, not at all. I laugh. California is the model. I mean, that's why they're looking at Gavin Newsom being potential presidential nominee in 2024, because that's the model of what we should all do. And that's a disaster across the board. I'm assuming that because she's so pro-union that she would be an absolute enemy to this right to work movement that we're seeing across the nation. Yeah, absolutely. And and let's go back and go back to California, because one of the things that uh, people give her credit for, although now the unions say she had nothing to do with it because it, it, it ended up being something that people are camping on and thinking about and is really affecting her chance of being voted to and confirmed to the Secretary of Labor. And that's a bill that passed in California back in, in 2018 called Assembly Bill 5, which basically says that you can no longer be a gig worker like an Uber driver or a Lyft driver or a truck driver who's an owner operator or a photographer or a musician who goes out and does these jobs as kind of a side hustle, Andy. We know a lot of Americans have side hustles. In fact, in California, literally millions of people had side hustles out there. And what the, what, why that bothered Julie Sue is because it bothered the unions. And here's the real simple kind of uh, residue left in the pan when you boil it out. You can't organize independent contractors, but you can unionize employees. And so if you can redesignate independent contractors and gig employees as employees, there's a whole field of new potential union members. And guess this, Andy, dues-paying union members, because you're not in a right-to-work state in California, you can be forced to pay dues or fees to keep your job, that are available to be organized under union contracts. So that was one. Secondly, she's in charge. She was in charge of the unemployment compensation system in California during COVID. And basically, they estimate there was anywhere from 30 to 40 billion dollars. I know billion doesn't sound like much anymore, but 40 to 30 to 40 billion dollars in fraud where money was being given to Russian mafia syndicates and illegal immigrants and other kinds of folks. And Julie Sue was in charge of that. And we want to give her the tools and the control, the remote control for that here in Washington, D.C. I don't think so. And another issue that just came up in part of her hearing was that when Trump was in power and she was working out in, in California, there was a memo that was circulated by her office when the when the Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents wanted to come out and investigate certain cases of maybe people, illegal immigrants being in the state. Julie Sue actually issued a memo saying, and I'm quoting here, saying she said that the Labor Commission staff should not voluntarily permit a federal immigration agent to enter any part of our offices. Staff should ask the agent to leave our offices, including the waiting room, and inform the agent the labor commissioner does not consent to entry or search of any part of our office. Doors that lead into the inner office suite and office doors are to be generally locked and shut and should not be opened voluntarily or open for agents. That's who we're asking to be in charge of of a major department here in Washington, D.C. 
wow, I didn't know that they could do that. And saying, sorry, federal government, you're going to be booted. Now, that would you would sound if you heard something like that from anywhere else, that sounds like a conservative saying, keep the federal government off my land. I just want to live my life and do my own thing. But this is taking it to an entirely new level to where I know that she had some issues, especially with the H-2A visas for immigrants coming over. But that's taking uh, the fight for the sanctuary city mentality to an entirely different level. Yeah, absolutely. When when the ICE people are trying to do the job that the federal government has authorized them to do, and you have a state agency that says, don't let them in the office, don't you know voluntarily open the door to them. In fact, it, make them come back with a subpoena or a warrant with a warrant. Um, you know, and it's only because Donald Trump's you know in, in immigration and and customs enforcement agency was actually doing their job. They were out there doing the job. They were taught. They were talking about building the wall. They were talking about securing our border. And and of course, California became a sanctuary state, which probably ought to earn them the same type of treatment that Michael Ad- or Governor Mayor Adams is getting in New York City and 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 Mayor Bowser is getting here in Washington D.C. that they're claiming about it. And then former Mayor Lori Lightfoot were complaining about how this was an emergency because we were sending migrants or the federal government was sending, or, or Governor Abbott was sending migrants to their state and to their cities. I mean, yeah. the hypocrisy here is just off the charts, Andy, but that doesn't surprise you. No, not at all. It's it's absurd. Now that we're seeing the border and the ending of Title 42 and, and the migrants all over really the country, and with Texas sending them to a lot of places, especially with California and with New York right now, the mayor of New York losing his mind with the amount of immigrants and just telling people to suck it up because guess what? People are going to live in vacant homes and people are going to live in the parks and people are going to live all over the place. I can only imagine what they're going to do when they try to give them the social uh, social programs or try to unionize them or even get them to vote. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I'm not sure what the grand plan is, but I suspect people are thinking about that, you know, and, and now now people in New York City are objecting because they haven't been schooled gymnasiums now. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, look, that's outside of my area of expertise. I'm talking personally now, but the bottom line is this. Julie Sue has got her finger on the scale of forced unionism, and it's not even fair. And, of course, Biden is totally in, in, in league with that. Uh, the problem is, is that Julie Sue's record is problematic for several U.S. senators, and, you know, when she was confirmed as the deputy secretary, she got all the Democratic votes. But Senators Manchin from West Virginia, Kelly from Arizona, Tester from Montana, uh, Angus King from Maine, and Kristen Sinema from Arizona are all questioning whether or not they're going to vote for her. And, of course, Dianne Feinstein back, being back in the Senate from California now gives them that one that one member majority that they have in the Senate. But it looks like, and because Schubert hasn't scheduled the vote yet, they still haven't got the votes to confirm her because of these things that we're talking about, about her record in California and some of the other things that, uh, that have come up because of, you know, the labor unions pushing her so dramatically. And, and the White House is now engaged in Politico announced last week. They said that the White House is going all in on the nomination. The chief of staff is now lobbying senators. So they want this really badly, but there's still a fight here. They got to win some over. Mark, we got to take a break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Absolutely. Fantastic. We'll talk about those odds of her getting in there and what that could look like moving forward. It's Wednesday here on The Voice of Reason. Lots more to get to. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Don't write it is freedom, common sense, rationale, reasoning. It's what it's all about here on the program. Last few minutes as we wrap up for the midweek celebration. By the way, didn't get to much of this today. We'll talk about it more tomorrow probably. But there was a breaking news out of Drudge Report today saying that Fox News 
having a major shakeup, changing up their entire lineup, their entire format. Oh, yes, like major. Moving Sean Hannity, who's been in his time slot forever, moving him to the former Tucker Carlson slot, taking over the 8 o'clock. Moving up Jesse Waters and Greg Gutfield as well. Changing it, they say it's going to be the boldest and most fearless lineup ever after the letting go of Tucker Carlson. So uh, they're just blowing up the entire network and they're going to see what happens there. So going to be very interesting. At the same time, CNN, that Caitlin Collins, who ended up moderating the Trump quote-unquote town hall, uh, she's apparently going to be their new primetime 9 p.m. anchor as well. So that was her trial and that was her... uh, uh, application in her in her interview was seeing how well she could go after Donald Trump and apparently she passed the test because she's now going to be in a primetime slot at 9 p.m. on CNN as well. We'll talk about some of the media shakeups coming up uh, tomorrow probably on the program. Right now we're talking with Mark Mix, National Right to Work Committee as we talk about the new potential labor secretary, the nomination from the Biden administration, Julie Sue, and while she has some pretty radical stances and she was a complete disaster as the labor secretary in California during the COVID-19 pandemic, she continues to sanctuary and protect illegal immigrants. That's been one talking point during her interview process of how she's enabling human traffickers because of the programs that she's uh, supporting is holding out on some of the moderate Democrats and even independents, according to Politico.com. And Mark, as you mentioned this, with Joe Manchin, Mark Kelly, John Tester, Kirsten Cinema, Angus King, the two independents as well, that are holding out on supporting Julie Sue because of the radical positions that she's taken, according to Politico. Democrats say they're hopeful that Kelly, Tester, and King can be won over. And if so, then they'd have support of the majority to make this happen. But Right now, they're unsure. Do you think that they can win them over, or is this going to be a tough battle for them? Well, Andy, two of the three are in the election cycle that we're already in for 2024. So Tester in Montana and uh, Cinema in Arizona are both in cycle, and Angus King is in cycle as well. Um, so elections, you know, I, don't be shocked by this, Andy, but elections, you know, kind of matter when it comes to some politicians. Um, you know, but anyway, I think it's still going to be a big battle. The developments that uh, Senator Cassidy from Louisiana, the ranking member on the committee, and Senator Tuberville from Alabama brought up about, you know, this memo going out to staff saying, don't let the federal government enforcement agencies into our offices, you know, make them get subpoenas, make them get warrants. That's just another kind of log on the fire, if you will, to go along with the unemployment fraud, compensation fraud that went on during COVID, and then the AB5 that radically changed the definition of employees uh, for the benefit of organized labor. So I think those three things, among other things that might be out there, are really weighing heavily on those senators that are up for re-election. So we don't know. I mean, they vote in block. The, the Democrats are very good at keeping everybody in line, and the unions are pushing hard. The White House is pushing hard. Who knows what deals we made? But it, you know, at this point, there's still enough energy against her that it's holding up some of the decisions by those key senators. Well, let's hope that's the case. And like you said, elections do kind of change the way they vote. And depending on whether it's a deep blue area or a purple area may sway on how they end up voting at the end of the day. Mark, we got just a couple minutes before we wrap up here, but I have to bring this story up because I saw it and I had to laugh a little bit. And I'm sure you'll get a kick out of it as well. I'm sure you've already seen it. Los Angeles, speaking of how they're forced unionizing in the state of California, L.A., Topless dancers at an exotic uh, adult facility are trying to unionize for their protections against sexual harassment. Thoughts? 
rather, no comment. I, no, look, look. Um, you know, American labor law. American labor law protects the rights of all private sector workers to exercise their rights under the National Labor Relations Act. And if an employer, in the case whatever kind of industry or business it may be in, um, entertainment or whatever. Those workers have the right to do that. And so standing up to defend their right to organize if they want to do it voluntarily is an important part of what we do here at the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation and Committee, protecting workers' rights. But we will never allow you know, unions to force them. Unfortunately, in California, if uh, 12 of those individuals, I guess we have to be careful how we say all this, if 12 of them you know, want to unionize and only five of them vote and three of them vote for the union, all 12 are in the union, unfortunately, under American labor policy. So we'll yeah. protect the individual rights to do so. But this is a, that's an interesting story, Andy. Thank there you. it is. There it is. Yeah, the topless dancers in L.A. trying to unionize for better working conditions and the stopping of sexual harassment that happens at the adult um, facilities there. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they unionize and that would be an interesting union to see fight for their rights on that one. Mark, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, Andy. Always a pleasure. There it is. Mark Mix, National Right to Work Committee. You can check them out. All the great legal battles fighting for your right to not have to join a union to actually work and make a living for your family. That does it for us today. Podcast up in a little bit. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.